Hey. All right, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk Michigan Edition, where technology is not our best friend. Jeff here, Dan, what's going on, dude? Well, right before uh, we went live, I told you that, uh, you all right, you can hear me? You good? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm okay. listening. Your facial expression was like, is he there? But uh, <laughs> but no, like uh, my furnace like took a shit on me and I had to do... Uh, do a little uh troubleshoot and got it to work so we're good we're live yeah it's way too cold and i have a furnace right now yeah so um well the last time we spoke on this podcast michigan had only beaten ohio state two times in a row and now it's three times in a row (laughs) so uh you know, I don't know how many times in this pod there will be trolling. There will be. I don't know how many times. But uh, let's just start from the very beginning. So I came over to your place uh, about 11 on Saturday. Uh, two other buddies joined us. Shout out, Corey. Shout out, Cody. Um, your kids were all hype in their Michigan gear. Uh, place was excited, you know. And from the very beginning... I don't think I ever lost total confidence that they were going to win the game until literally the very last drive. We'll get to that later, but overall, uh, what a great day. And, uh, yeah, what do you, what do you think? Well, how was your Saturday? I mean, it was good. It was, uh, I'm, you know, on the edge of my seat the whole time. I felt going in. Nervous as always when it, when you got a rivalry game like this, uh, but I felt in my gut that I'm like, there's no way Michigan can lose this game. Like I don't see them losing. There's like there's no doesn't it wouldn't seem real if they did. Um, obviously came away with the W, which was great. Made plays when they had to. This game wasn't really affected by penalty calls or anything like that. A few plays that Ohio State fans were bitching about on Twitter, but you know, um, I think it was just so bang bang, real time. It is what it is, but you know, won it fair and square. And uh, I've said it many times on this show: <clears throat> Michigan is a team of damned if they do, damned if they don't. They lose this game, we'd not hear the end of it. Of oh, see, told you so. Couldn't do it without Connor Stallions, of course, right? They go out and win it, and uh, the Buckeyes are already backpedaling until they're falling over going, oh, uh, you know, George is going to beat them anyway. Stop. You guys are going to lose in the college football playoff anyways. It doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. You guys will, you ain't, ain't going to win it at all anyway. So that's where we're at in life. But, um, you know, getting the W, I went scorched earth on Facebook. I lost six uh, Facebook friends. Two of them I figured out who they actually were. No sweat off my sack. Um I was just—I I was drinking, but I wasn't like inebriated to the point of no return. But like, <clears throat> I had all this pent-up energy inside me, all this frustration, all the just rolling with the punches, taking all the trash off for the last 20 years, and especially these last two months, where when I was posting, and I was—I was—I was shitting on the state of Ohio, the all their sports teams, every one of their fans. But it was more of a generalized thing. I've, there was a few Facebook friends. People I know in person know real well for a long time, and just 
nitpicking every day, every week, every time there's a news uh, update in the conversation, just constantly on Facebook, just poking and prodding the bear and just talking shit, running their mouth. So it was time to deliver it right back. So I know one person who listened to the show made a comment on one of my posts and then in real time blocked me right after that so I couldn't respond. So that was a hashtag bitch made move. Um, so I thought that was hilarious. So, you know, bon voyage. So, I mean, don't really care. Don't care if I've offended. I'm, a, I'm maybe a little, there's a little empathy there. But then again, I've, I've endured so much. And I'm not saying other people haven't endured more, uh, more than me or anything like that. But, like, I'm just over it. Over it. One, three years in a row. I don't care what happens in 2024. We have these three years. And no matter what happens, man, I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. And before I hand it off to you, I wasn't originally going to go to Indianapolis, but now I am. So, Indy three years in a row and in person. Yeah, I think uh, I've been told, and part of this probably is the the Patriot fan in me, that I come off as maybe a cocky fan when my team's really good. And... In all honesty, it was like, well, there was a confidence because there was so much proof in the pudding. Like, I knew if Tom Brady was going to have the football on this day, there was a very, 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 very good chance we're winning the game. Doesn't matter what the point is. Doesn't matter at what point in the game we're losing, down 28-3 or up 50. Like, it just seemed like we were always going to win. Well, most of most of my fandom with Michigan, that's been the complete opposite. And... I, much like you, I, I currently live in Ohio. I hear all the time, I have so many memories of the next family event, the next day I go into work, uh, social media that day, immediately following the game, uh, my phone getting texted, called, because people love to, like, they know that I'm a passionate fan, and while you were kind of like the Debbie Downer of the Brady Hoke, Rich Rod days, like, now we're just going to lose. I was always the kind of like the optimistic one. I always thought we were, we had, we could potentially win or this could. And then it's like, you always ended up being right. And I ended up always looking foolish, but it was like, that was the road I was always willing to go down. Well, over these last several years, I've been pretty obnoxious and I'm okay with that. Like, I, you know, when we beat Ryan Day in Ohio State in 2021, I immediately, the first thing I posted was fire Ryan Day because I was sick and tired of everybody coming at me with, when you firing Jimmy, when's Harbaugh getting fired? You know, that was always the thing. Or, <coughs> man, your coach doesn't even wear a headset. He sucks. It was always something. And I was so over it. And, these last couple of years, it's just like this built up energy and this newfound love for a team that I already loved so much. And it's just like, it showed me what this team could really be. And gosh, darn it. Like being Ohio state is always the super bowl, but it's weird because like the big 10 championship game, the last couple of years hasn't felt. It's felt like a regular big 10 game that we just have to win in order to move on but it doesn't even feel like they've ever been in doubt. But these playoff games, man, it's like a second Super Bowl. It's like winning the Super Bowl, and then you have to immediately play another one a month later. It's 
I, I can't wait for that moment. Uh, we'll talk about Iowa in a minute. But uh, one last thing is just like, you know, through the cockiness and maybe the obnoxiousness that, you know, you've obviously shared and you just said you admitted to. And I've, I've always been this way. The one thing I told an Ohio State fan this week, I said, you don't know how it feels. He's like, yeah, I do. This sucks. I said, no, you don't. Seven more times, buddy. Seven more. And then guess what? You're going to get a fluke one in there. And then you're going to lose another eight or nine in a row, whatever the heck it is. Yeah. I said, you don't know how this feels. You think you do. You think you know how it feels, but it sucks. And these Ohio State fans have done nothing but diminish every single win these last three years. 2021. Oh, every squirrel finds a nut once in a while. 2022, it's, oh, well, you know, sky's falling, but, oh, turns out you're cheating. Cheaters. Oh, my gosh, cheaters. And now 2023 with our interim coach, we beat you again. And now it's, well, you're still cheating. Ah, Connor Stallions. Oh, our quarterback sucks. Oh, we'll get you next year. You know what? I'm here to tell you, you might. Michigan's about to have damn near their entire team drafted, and their coach might not come back. But guess what? Like you just said, you can't take these three years. We're building something. Things are moving in the right direction. Even if Harbaugh would have leave, things are moving in the right direction. This team has a newfound belief in two guys. Two guys on this roster have lost to Ohio State. That's wild. Like, everybody else is like, we don't know what it's like to lose to Ohio State, you know? I I rambled a lot there. All I'm trying to say is, like, Michigan fans have had it rough. And now we're kind of in the driver's seat. And we've become the annoying Ohio State fans. And Ohio State fans are, like, flabbergasted by it. They're like, why, why are you acting like this? I don't know because you have for your entire life. Yeah, it's uh, again. I'm not trying to, you know, my post too. <clears throat> you know, I'm not trying to <clears throat> lump everybody, every Buckeye fan into one group. But I, I like I said, I did generalize it. But again, <clears throat> the the backpedaling and the deflection is is absolutely adorable. The I mean, I've seen, you know, Twitter. <clears throat> We're tough guys online, you know, breaking down film, saying, oh, if the defender would have just turned his head around and knocked the ball away. Okay, and guess what? He didn't. I mean, how many could have, would have, should have earlier in a football game? Then it's like, oh, you know, Michigan just started to, to win these three games over the last three years. When Connor, St- but Connor Stallings has been a volunteer affiliate with the program since 2015. So all the other work that he's done from 15 to 19 or 15 to 20 sure didn't, sure didn't work. 2021, he still wasn't, he was still a volunteer. Signs, no signs. You got blown off the ball, and the line of scrimmage was literally dominated the whole time. And Hassan Haskins could tiptoe five yards to carry. It actually looks over six and a half carry. But don't forget, last year was like, oh, we only got out physical for, and we only got beat on five plays. You know, in those big games, what happens in moment, in key moments, the players come up and make plays. No, the reason why Michigan has 
now in the, in the driver's seat with this rivalry, and I mentioned it on my show, is the emphasis that was put on this game. The same thing that everyone's bitching, all these Aussie fans are bitching about Ryan Day not taking it seriously. Took till 2021 for Jim Harbaugh to do the same thing. Okay? For being a Heisman, final, Heisman finalist quarterback at Michigan, his stepdad was basically Bo Sheffenbeckler. <clears throat> that was one of my gripes with him. It took him all this time to treat this game with a little more, a little more salt and pepper. So they spend all offseason, even in weeks of practice, prepping for a completely different team. In 2021, they started, you know, scheming up, designing plays for Iowa State. 2022, they even got ridiculed for last year, the Georgia drill. They brought, you know, they get to Georgia in the playoff, they realize how far away they were. So they implemented this drill. So 10 minutes every day after practice or during practice at the end, they're going to do something with the Georgia drill, which was more of a workout than anything. It's a, something to strive for. <clears throat> so you built a culture. You got the players to buy in. And for the last three years, you have that same cycle of players sitting on it. And now when these new guys come in, it's going to hopefully carry and, 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 and go throughout. Ben Herbert, with the strength and conditioning coach, is a big part of that. This is the one of the catalysts in this uh, program change. Oh, you also hire Mike Hart, who has a phenomenal track record track record as a running backs coach at Indiana and at Michigan. Oh, hey, you also got two NFL defensive coordinators come in, and not Don Brown, whose signs were stolen by Iowa State and shared amongst four other teams. Yeah, he's gone. Um, you hire uh, Mike Elston, who has Michigan ties, who was at Notre Dame for a decade with Brian Kelly. Look at who he coached there on the D, on the D line in uh, Notre Dame. One guy named Stephon Tuitt, pretty good stealer. Um, I mean, just going on for forever here or whatever, but coaching changes, culture change. That's what happened. That's what Ohio State is bitching about with Ryan Day. Now, I don't think that Ohio State is taking this game anything light, like lighter, but there is there is something to it, and I think it's just that Michigan has now reached that bar, maybe you know exceeded them by a step or two. That's my personal opinion. The <clears throat> corny ass TikTok dances are corny ass TikTok dances. I don't think. You know, just because they do that doesn't mean that they're that they're soft. You know, another Twitter Ohio State Buckeye fan was like, "Oh, we gotta stop recruiting these these five star. We gotta stop worrying we're about four and five stars and develop guys." Okay, so you just want to stop uh, getting the Georgia and Bama commit uh, players. You know, just because you you want uh, you don't want suburb kids. You want dogs. That doesn't make any sense. So yeah, just we'll let Georgia and Bama have a few more. So then we'll start getting not bird kids. We'll start getting inner city kids. Yeah, that worked out for like Miami and Florida when half of them were getting on house arrest every year. It just the the rationale has been absolutely heroin. And that's the part that I revel in it the most is that's why I went on the rant. It's like all these guys are are just taking a step back and just doing all the things that they they criticize everyone else for doing. So, again, it's just it's absolutely phenomenal. I know we really, really talked about the game per se. <clears throat> but um, yeah, it, it's a, it was a great team win. Um, and again, we talked about Marvin Harrison was going to get his, Travion Henderson was going to get his. I mean, he was under three and a half to carry, but you know, did make a a, a touchdown, a key touchdown drive. Um, I think the biggest uh, running problem was Chip Trainum. They don't use him a lot. Um, but Ryan Day's problems are they come down to not being aggressive. Doesn't really go for it on fourth down. That fourth down and one where he was on the about the 50-ish and he punted instead. I think that was a big mistake. But, again, I, I mean, all this time it was 
Jim Harbaugh, stay forever. Now it's, you know, all about criticizing Jim. And in this case, he was at his house eight miles away while Ryan Day loses to an interim head coach. And I know that burns, I know that burns Ohio State fans up inside tremendously. Let's let's talk a little bit about Ryan Day because there's a harsh truth here. He has arguably, so he has seven total losses. Arguably the greatest seven losses in the history of college football. He's lost to Michigan three times. He lost to Clemson once, Oregon once, Bama once, and Georgia. Like, that is elite. But then when you start asking yourself, well, where are the good wins? He beat Clemson in 2020 to get blown out in the national title game. And I'm not discriminating his win in the playoff game because he has a playoff win. Outside of that playoff win, what is his other key win? What, Notre Dame? Yeah, we beat them in 19. We don't even talk about it. What was it, like 18th on our 25 best wins we did over the last summer? <laughs> oh, it was 18th? Nobody cares about Notre Dame. Like, what What are your other wins? Penn State? Yeah, we beat them like a drum, too. Oh, you're talking about when you, you blew your load against Michigan State the week before us? Nobody cares about winning against Michigan State. So these, there's this stupid-ass fan, Sam Block, on Twitter. And this week, he had the audacity to basically point out all Urban Meyer's random losses against Purdue and Iowa and Virginia Tech. And I couldn't help but respond and defend Urban Meyer. <coughs> Weirdly enough, that's weird. I don't recall Urban Meyer ever losing to Michigan. And I also, let me check notes, he has a national title, actually three. Urban Meyer and Ryan Day are not in the same breath. And a Ryan Day... I am sick and tired. He's 51 and 7. Who is relevant in that in that 50 other wins? The one is Clemson. The rest of the 50 are trash. Trash, I'm saying. Ranked Notre Dame is booty. What are they, three losses right now? Nobody cares. Penn State's better than them. We ran for 400 yards on Penn State last year without trying. Like, Ryan Day does not beat anybody with a pulse because he coaches scared in big games and he coaches not to lose. Urban Meyer leaving Ohio State has left this program in shambles and they did not realize it because they ran his ass out of town, first off. Just like Michigan has almost tried to run Harbaugh out of town. And the NCAA is trying to run him out of town. And listen... You do not realize how good you have it until it's gone. Michigan fans wanted Harbaugh gone because he couldn't beat Ohio State, and it got frustrating. Jim Harbaugh was beating a lot of teams, just like Ryan Day is, okay, that nobody cares about. That's the grand, that's, that is the fact of the matter. Until you finally get it done, and to Ryan Day's credit, his second best win is a loss to Georgia last year. That's your second best win is a loss to Georgia. And now your third best win is a loss to Michigan in 2023. Like, that's where we're at. Ryan Day needs to be held more accountable. I'm not saying fire him. I would not fire him if I was Ohio State. I wouldn't. For the exact same reason, Michigan couldn't fire Harbaugh. You're not getting anything better today. You're not going to. 
But at the same token, look yourself in the damn mirror, okay? Because, yeah, you might beat Michigan next year. They're losing half the damn roster. But the way that you're currently constructed, we're beating you like a drum. That's just how it is. Let's talk about this game. Blake's birthday, okay? Uh, one of the big headlines coming into this one, obviously, Michigan wins two straight. Uh, the, the, rushing, the rushing leader of this game – but whatever team wins the rushing battle wins the game. Last 21 meetings. Well, it was true for this one, too. Uh, Michigan ends up winning the rushing battle. I think it is 156 to 107. Uh, 39 attempts versus 28. Both teams averaged 4 and 3.8 yards a carry. So pretty equal. Just Michigan was able to stick to it, you know. Um, I think one of the keys to the game, not keys, one of the major turning points of the game, and I'll turn it over after I talk about this, the first two drives, they hadn't targeted Marvin Harrison, okay? And both teams had punted twice, and it goes back to Ohio State. And I literally say to you guys, I'm like, man, a turnover's huge here. And they throw an under-curl route to Marvin, and Will Johnson picks that off. You can't throw that route there. You hadn't targeted Marvin in the first two drives. They knew it was going to him. They knew it was going to him. Run a stinking pump fake or something. You cannot run that route. And Will Johnson, by the way, I don't know if you know this. I think he has, I think he has six picks in the year or five picks in the year. All but one of them are underneath picks. Basically, he's not, he's not picking any ball off that's getting thrown deep. They're all underneath curls or slant routes that he's jumping the route. He's a great ball jump. He's a ball hawk that jumps routes. That's what he does. He's a Sante Samuels right now. Like. What a horrible, horrible play call from Ohio State there. And it doesn't really get much better. I don't know. Their big, their big guys, Marvin Harrison, best guy on the field, as everybody said. He had himself a day. But in 2021, literally every receiver Ohio State had had a day, and it just isn't enough. They're not physical enough at the line of scrimmage, and I know that word kind of upsets Buckeye fans. Well, we're tough. We're tough. But at the end of the day, they weren't tough enough. <coughs> Take it away. Well, I don't know if I really have much else to say, I guess. But, you know, I remember going into last week and on Twitter, again, the, uh, this, the, the Monday morning quarterback film breakdown session that Buckeye fans were having were trashing Will Johnson for uh, getting beat. Uh, on his first game ever as a freshman a couple years ago. In the fourth quarter of a 40-point blowout. Yeah. And so, like, <laughs> your CB1, guess what? Your, the CB1 got an interception. So, I thought that was bliss. Um, you know, Michigan just did the same thing. Uh, sample size, like, against, like, from what they did in Happy Valley, that is on their last possession, they – do 13 plays for seven minutes. Now they didn't score. They kicked the field goal instead, which obviously kept this game within the, within reach for a house at the end of the interception. Um, the second one, but you know, just again, good team win. The, the players stepped up when they did, they only logged one sack, but you know, they were in common court's face uh, when they needed to. Um, and you know, that was another thing is like, Oh, if Kyle McCord, if the offensive line gives them one more second, you know, so-and-so is wide open. Kyle McCord's hitting them. I'm like, well, you know what? Again, Coulda, woulda, shouldas. I mean, they're in such shambles. That's what they're what they're doing. You know how many times 
you know, Michigan came up short against Ohio State, and, you know, a couple could have, would have showed us, you know, the game could have potentially gone the other way. So just give me a break with that. But, um, I, I, again, I, I think I think this Michigan team has has got the stuff. I mean, I, I'm still all on the the narrative that I that I put out there in the beginning of the season was it's it's an out of your bus. This is the year to do it. Um, you know, who cares about what the off the field situation is? I think this is going to be Jim's last run, last dance. Got to do it. Um, but you know, losing Zach Zinner and then the very next play. Blake runs and busts off the touchdown. I thought that was that was picturesque. That was awesome. And then finally, we've been waiting since the 2021 Big Ten Championship to see it. But Don Edwards finally launches a pass. Wasn't for a touchdown, but it was for 34 yards. So we got finally got our double pass. It was great to see that. But um, you know, two good teams battling out. I think in the uh, the most of the fan bases thought that Ohio State's linebacker linebackers and pass rushers are were strengthened. They were a liability. The tight ends, Colson Loveland, A.J. Barner, burnt them over the seam all day long, uh, missed tackles, um, and, and it is what it is. I think Kyle McCord, too, is, is, is he's a good quarterback. He's, he's going to need time. This is his first year ever starting, so the uh, the the hatred and uh, the criticism, I mean, it, it mean, you don't perform well, you already criticized, but sometimes I think it's a little unfair. It's like you can't expect – every quarterback to come into your system and just automatically be a plug and play. It took a little, really JJ McCarthy for this thing to really take off. And, um, you know, they're already hoping Aaron Nolan comes in here for early period in spring. Uh, but, you know, I think it's just a little too early to give up Cal McCord. But that's, again, count your blessings. Two years ago, you had three quarterbacks anywhere in the country, all on your roster. One goes down. Another one steps up, and now you're at a time where you have to work in somebody. That's what happens. You know, the uh, <clears throat> we just talked about how the, the rushing, the team that rushes for the most yards kind of wins this. But the thing that I've seen the last two years is the team that comes ready with the bag of tricks has been more successful. Because, yeah, while Michigan obviously – won the rushing battle, I personally don't allude that to what won this game. There was a couple of things that really stood out. You already talked about Donovan Edwards, um, the pass, you know, for 34 yards. Uh, the Alex Orgy run, Ohio State had no clue what was going on. It's like they had never watched a game with Alex Orgy. Now, mind you, he hasn't played a lot. We've complained about it a ton, Okay. But what does he do once he comes in? It's like you haven't watched film. He runs the ball immediately. That's all he does. He took one carry for 20 yards, and then the next thing they tried to run it again. It didn't work. Wasn't sure why they ran it a second time, honestly. But, um, yeah, it's just like the things that we were seeing from this team, it's just like, are are you trying to win? You know? Um Nothing crazy. Nobody tried a fake punt or fake field goal or anything like that. But Michigan opened up the bag of tricks. Uh, Sharon Moore, I heard in an interview, I think on John Jansen's podcast. It was either that or an interview. But regardless, he says he's had that play 
of Donovan's since all of last year, and that was a play that he's seen back in 2018 from somebody he was scouting. He picked that play up, and that's been in his bag of tricks for a couple of years now. Yeah. <laughs> and he knew that Donovan was going to run that play at some point. And it's just like Michigan's, Michigan's been, as you alluded to, they've taken this rivalry more serious. They've, they've brought everything to the fight. They didn't show up to war with a knife. They showed up with the heavy artillery, and they were never caught with their pants down. And there's two things that just put this game out of reach for me. When Zach Zenter goes down, an All-American right guard, arguably the best guard in the entire country, with a freaking twice-broken leg, and we come back from commercial, and it's the entire football team on the line, and us boys, we're we're standing there. We're like, you've got to be kidding me. This is, come on, like seriously. And Blake House is it? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And it's just like, we aren't losing. Like it, it there is not. There's nothing you can do to stop it. And if that play wasn't the sole defining thing. When you get the ball back, I don't care if you come away with zero points. You go 13 plays, seven minutes, you know how defeating that is to the other team? Yeah. And I I hated kicking the field goal there. Hated it. Because for the first time in that entire game, I thought there was a chance we'd lose. And I would have been sick to my stomach had we lost on those terms. But James Turner with ice in his veins, who doesn't get enough credit for, by the way, ice in his veins, boots that through, no questions asked, makes it. Um, and they hold him off because Kyle yeah. McCord's limited, and he targets Marvin Harrison all the time. And, you know, Buckeye fans are saying, throw it to Marvin. Well, he was picked off targeting Marvin twice. So, yeah, I don't know. We, we beat this game to death. We're obviously both very excited about it. Um, it never gets old beating Ohio State. Um, anything else before we move to how we win, how we lose, how we improve? I have a question for you, but I'll, I'll ask it to you after we do uh, our segment here. You sure? Yeah. How we win. For me, it was a couple of things I've kind of already touched on. them. First off, the bag of tricks. That can't be the end of them. Okay. You got to prepare for whoever we're going to play in this playoff. We're beating Iowa. We're going to beat Iowa with our eyes closed. Whoever this playoff game is against, you got to pull out the bag of tricks. You got to prepare and play this team like it's Ohio State. And while I do think it's a weakness of this team, as of right now, they, they've proven to be damn near unbeatable. Get a lead and keep it. They were playing from the behind against TCU the entire time, and that was obviously that was the making of a disaster. This team needs a lead. They need a lead, and they got to play with it. And they're so they're so dominant, so getting the lead. But when you ball control somebody for seven minutes, that's how you win games. When you don't let the other team have it, you brought up the Penn State game. They literally got that ball. I, I think it was like ten. 10 minutes and some change, and you're like, this would be great if we could get this to about five. 
or maybe even said six or seven, and they literally got it like damn near under four minutes. It's like they just they smother you. The boa constrictor, as everybody says, as Joel Clapper said, they just come out and they just ragdoll you until it's too late. But that's how we win. Bag of tricks, ball control. And ball control doesn't have to be running or passing, just controlling the football. Um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go right with uh, what Ryan Day said that they had to do. Stop the run, establish their own run game, and not turn the ball over. And all three of those things his team didn't do. So if Michigan can run the ball consistently all the way into the natty, I think they're going to be in good hands. And that means J.J. McCarthy can't turn the ball over like he did against TCU um, and stop the run. You know, when they start, if they face teams that have a good run game, that's uh, that's obviously going to be something that they're going to have to be focused on. Um, I think a lot of these teams that they could potentially face are poor, are probably more pass uh, dependent than run. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I mean, I hate to really kind of like – I don't want to like avoid the question here how we lose, but uh, you lose Zach Zinter to a season-ending injury. Will Johnson's kind of beat up. Those are two massive pieces. For me right now, injuries is how we lose. And the second thing is probably – Probably just while the bag of tricks is you want to see them, just being too cute. It became too much against TCU. While the bag of tricks is needed, it's got to be it's got to be well orchestrated and calculated. Um, being too cute and injuries, those are my two. Um, I'd probably <clears throat> I'd probably be uh, on that same on that same wagon with you. How we improve, uh, gosh, man, it's just like the energy of this team, getting Jim Harbaugh back. There's just like, there's a mentality of this team that just, it does not waver. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the strength and conditioning coach. Help me out. From Ben Herbert. Thank you, Ben Herbert. So I was doing an interview with him this week, John Jansen's podcast. And he said something, and I did not even think of it this way. This team has faced zero adversity on the football field this year. And he told the team when, when Coach Harbaugh was suspended that they were blessed with this adversity. They needed something. All the great ones have a chip on their shoulder. And how you improve is you deal with adversity, you build on it, you continuously get the right people involved in the tight end play on this team, by the way, as it, it just keeps getting better and better. Colson Loveland looked like freaking Travis Kelsey, as Jim Harbaugh said out there. Um, and JJ McCarthy getting completely healthy. Yeah. How, how they improve. I, I just think they, they just they stay unified, stay together. You're supposed to have all the, all the soldiers on the field this week. Um, for the most part, Jim included. So, you know, barring some my plane lands 
<laughs> on the tarmac in Indy, and I'm suspended for the Big Ten Championship. You know, I'm expecting Jim Harbaugh to be there. Um, so, really looking forward to this this ball game on Saturday. What's your question? So, I was asked last week um, if this up, you know, pretend the game hasn't happened yet. Is this the most important uh, game in the in the in the rivalry ever? And then. I said no. I said the most important game was 2021. Um, and then I, in hindsight, be like, while I still think um, 2021 was neat, was the most important, I feel like this one now is more important. But 2021 was, um, how can I explain this? 2021 for me is like, um, I don't know how to say this. I mean, I, 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 fudged, I fucked that all up. So, again, I was asked a question. Is this game yeah. coming Saturday the most important in the rivalry? Why don't you just go ahead and answer that real quick? So, I, I gave my answer last week, and I said, I think it is because, first off, every year that this rivalry keeps expanding, the conditions change. And this year, it was not only is it the winner of this team get, you know, they're beating their rival. The other team was eliminated from the playoffs, like, because that's how tight this season was. So the winner was not only going to play for the big 10 championship, which is almost automatic. They were going to get a playoff spot almost by default. Okay. And while last year, Michigan beating Ohio state got them a playoff spot, Ohio State still got one. And 2021, I just look at that. I'd look at that season differently, and I'll get to that in a minute because it is super important, but in a completely different way. Somebody, shout out my, my guy, Andrew Nutter. He actually pointed this out to me, and I completely agree. This season was super important. Because the quality of competition that will sit inside that college football playoff, in my opinion, isn't like years past. This Georgia feels like it can be got. I don't know if you agree. Oregon kind of scares me. Florida State, I pray we get them. I pray we get Florida State. Ohio State, sure, get back in. Not scared of you. Not scared of Bama. Not scared of Washington. Not scared of Texas. I mean, the one team that kind of gives me some pause is Oregon. And Oregon might not even get in. So, truthfully, this, this game was the most important. Because, A, it's the last year before the expanded Big Ten, the mega Big Ten, if you want to call it that. Okay? It's the last year of the 14 playoff. So, the loser was de facto eliminated, basically. 2021, it you can't compare to it because 2023 doesn't happen without 2021. But that doesn't mean that 2023 can't be more important than 21. Just by default. Like, you can't get your driver's license without getting your temps, apparently. You know what I mean? But, like, that doesn't mean that getting your driver's license isn't more important than your temps. You know what I mean? Right. Like, You 
babies crawl before they walk and they walk before they run, but you know, running's pretty sweet. It's pretty important, you know? I don't know. It's just like Aiden Hutchinson sacked CJ Stroud three times and dominated him, and Sasan Aston scored five times. So that 2023 could compete for a damn national championship, and here we are. Yeah, so the reason why I asked that is because we, we've kind of touched on that last week, but I want to ask that again in hindsight. The reason for me is because 2021 still, to me, in my opinion, is the mo- it was uh, the most important because we're here because of that. And without 2021, this coaching staff might not be here. Some of these players might not be here. But in regards to this game, I think this game was um, uh, the most needed um, because of where we're at now and and what can possibly be in front of us. And that is that this year, with all the new quarterbacks around the league except for Michigan, this was the time to bounce. So that's why I wanted to ask it again in hindsight was because while I'm a little uh, a little changed in my thinking, I'm just i still thinking that, that 21 season still, um, to me, it was the most important because, again, that game is an L. <clears throat> the, 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 the sales do not have wind pushing them right now. Yeah, I think another reason that 2020, I have 2023 higher, um, the allegations. You can't yeah. ignore them. All right. You know, we've been called cheaters. And the only reason, the only reason Michigan won is because they were cheating. That determined the that determined the outcome. That's what I was told. Connor Stallions, a fifty-five thousand dollar a year employee, is basically determining the outcomes of football games. That's what I was told. Just Connor. Just Connor. So there was there was too much riding on this game. Now, mind you, I shed tears in twenty twenty one. I didn't shed a single tear. In 2022 or 2023. Nope. They, they, it meant it meant more in 2021. It was almost expected this year. It, it was just different. Like 2021, I went in with the mindset, like, I think we can win this game. It's gotta get ugly. You remember that was my thing. I was like, we gotta ugly this shit up, you know? Yeah. Um in the weather that day and the, the offensive or the defensive line, Ojabo and Hutchinson and, and Hassan on the ground, that shit got muddy so quick. And Michigan was able to play their brand of football, getting a lead and dominating. 2022, it felt like, oh, we're going to slaughter them. But then Blake got hurt and Donald's playing with a club on his hand. And it's just like, it's just not meant to be. And, they play JJ plays one of the best games of his life, and Donald goes ham in the second half. But it, I I didn't get emotional. It was exciting, you know. Yeah. This year it was like I went in. Gosh, if I could afford it, I would have dropped a grand on the game. Like I felt I felt really good, you know. Yeah, like uh, I said at the beginning, like uh, to me going to this one, I just felt like we just can't lose it. There's no way that Michigan loses. That's just the way I felt. But yeah. Now, mind you, they almost did lose. You know, to, to, I'll give Ohio State credit. I'll give them a lot of credit. They're they're a quarterback away from beating a lot of really good teams. I think they are limited at quarterback. 
I don't think I'm, I'm I'm not reinventing the wheel here. I don't think I'm saying anything that's breaking news, but yeah. Um, anything else? No, I think we beat everything like a drum, to be honest. Michigan, Iowa, this Saturday, uh, 8.15 on Fox. You got Joe Klatt, Gus Johnson, Jenny Tapp calling the game. Uh, they got Iowa. And before the season started, this was our prediction. Michigan versus Iowa. We, we were really looking forward to a Cade McNamara, Eric All, Iowa team. Versus Michigan. Unfortunately, that's not how it's going to go down. Um, Cade McNamara had some comments calling us the other team. I don't think any of that matters. I, I'll give you my really quick prediction. I don't have a ton to say. I think it is more likely that J.J. McCarthy throws a pick six than they score an offensive touchdown. I don't think they score offensively. I really don't. Um. I would honestly be shocked and disappointed. I think Michigan runs them down like 34 to nothing, 34-3. I think this one is just an absolute beatdown from the get. What's your What's your thoughts? I think that uh, I predict a 30 to nine. I think three field goals is is uh, is potentially possible. Um, and two, I, I I just trying to give some, you know. Not trying to seem overconfident, trying to give credit where credit's due. And Cooper DeGene, you know, is probably their best playmaker, and he's on defense. Uh, but he returns punts and kicks. So, you know, maybe he gets to midfield on a punt return or something like that and uh, has to, uh, <clears throat> and, you know, and Iowa has to settle for a field goal or two. But, like, in the Big Ten Championship in 2021, I mean, they're the same same makeup essentially. They just don't have as many playmakers on offense. Obviously, they lose two big, uh, three big ones. But um, you know, they had Tyler Goodson at that time. They had a, a somewhat of a running game. This time, you know, they, they don't have very much. So I, I'm trying to give some credit due. I mean, they're, they're they're you know they're a Big Ten team. So I don't think they're gonna get blanked. But this is uh, over under at 35 and a half, where it's probably the lowest Michigan's faced all season. Um, you know, their best wins on the year were on the road at Wisconsin and on the road at Iowa State. And at the time for Iowa State, they had Caden McNamara, and he didn't look great in that one either. Um, so, no Eric All. They don't have uh, Luke Lachey, their other tight end. And their best wide receiver, Nico Ragani, has zero touchdowns on the year. Zero touchdowns on 26 catches for 227 in yardage. Guess who their leading receiver on this team? Eric Gall. He hasn't played since October 14th. That's how bad this passing game is. So they fired Brian Ferentz. They called it quits with him. And, I mean, their offense is still putrid. You look at their schedule. I mean, even when they fired Brian Ferentz, it's like 12-10, I mean, if they get 17 points in this game, I'll be, I'll be stunned. I'll be shocked. Uh, Deacon Hill, the quarterback. 976 yards, five touchdowns, six picks. His completion percentage is 48.3. Sacked 16 times. Is, that's awful. I mean, he's barely above where Cade was before Cade got hurt in, in, in stats. It's uh, it's not pretty. Um, so, again, what is their strength? Their strength is defense. Um, I'm not a big fan of trying to compare <laughs> how one team beats another team. 
in college football. Not, I mean, with college basketball, it's a little bit more on an on an easier on an easier term to kind of compare everybody. But with football, everything's more intricate. You got more players on the field at once. There's different. There's more styles. There's more schemes. But like when Penn, when you see Penn State, Michigan, we talked about it. Penn State's trying to mimic, trying to mirror what Michigan does offensively, and they ran for 215 on Iowa when they played, and they beat them 31 nothing. Now I'm not saying Michigan's going to go out there and beat 215 or come close, but I feel like stylistically they're similar. Um, Duraller threw for four touchdowns and 166 yards on 25 completions. So a lot of dink and dunk. Uh, all four touchdown passes were within like 10 yards of each other in the end zone. So again, it's just food for thought. But like when we try to do this to an extreme level, we look back at the 2021 Indiana game versus Michigan. And we look at the Illinois game last year. And it's like when you see Michigan play like, Oh, they go against Ohio State playing like this. They ain't going to have a prayer. But look what happened. So, again, it's just food for thought. It's not black and white. But it's just something that I, I looked into because, again, Penn State offensively tries to do the same thing that U of M does. But overall, I think 30-9 to nine is, is pretty is pretty reasonable. And, um, you know, Michigan's a 23-point favorite. So, if my score is correct, that means they don't cover. And that means that uh, the – the over is busted by four points. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at, man. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I have a ton to add. Um, I think Michigan Cruz is here. I think Michigan Cruz is here. So, uh, we will save our CFP talk till next week because it's really just a lot of hypotheticals at this point. Um, we've talked a lot of them pretty much every week. But it's just really not worth getting more into it. We have one more week before we can really react to the CFP, give our full analysis, and then we'll have damn near a month to kind of discuss the matchups. So, anything else, my man? Um, real quickly, I just checked. This was I don't know if you've seen it, but it was three hours ago. But Michigan, you know, you've talked about it. Normally, drops their their threads that they wear for the upcoming game on Thursdays. And three hours ago, they tweeted a photo of not the whole shot of the player in uniform, but it does show the whites with the white gloves and stuff like that. So Michigan is going to be the away team here. And it's not going to matter post anything further than this because of uh, the divisions aren't going to matter. But um, they're going away. (laughs) The odd years, the Big Ten East is the away team and vice versa. So Michigan is the away team. I'll be there again this year. Like I said, I wasn't expecting to be in Indianapolis because we went to Penn State, but tickets this, this this time around are just really hard to pass up. Um, lastly, that I'll add before we go is J.J. McCarthy won the Big Ten Quarterback of the Year. Yeah. Uh, Blake Horn was the running back of the year. And then on the all-Big Ten offense, I won't go through all of them, but consensusly, uh, J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum, Zach Center. Uh, Drake Nugent were all first team on media and coaches. And then on the defense that was named yesterday, uh, the uh, consensus one and ones were Will Johnson. And uh, that was about it. The only time we had a, another player that was in a first category was Mikey Sanderson. He was a first on the media, second on coaches. 
And then Mason Graham was first on coaches, third on media. So um, good to see you there. Yeah, I did see that uh, all 11 players were at least nominated for mm-hmm. Big Ten of the uh, Offensive Player of the Year, which was kind of cool. Uh, even if it was just honorable mention, every single player on the offense was uh, was nominated, all 11 guys. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Michigan's got a really good team. There's, there's, We've talked about this. There's a lot of guys that are going to get drafted on this team, and, and now's the year. Now's the year. I can't wait for these next three games. I really can't. Um, it's at our fingertips. We've we've been let down so many times, so it's scary, but it's exciting too. Yeah. Well, uh, real quick before we go, did you did you happen to catch the the barstool pregame show last week before the hostage game? Mm, are you talking about the Connor Stallions thing? Yeah. What did you think about that? I so I haven't completely seen it. But does basically Dave have this guy dressed up as Connor Stallions? Is that what's going on? Well, you read Twitter, and it's hard to decipher who's, like, being a troll and who's being serious. So when it happened, you're like, you caught off guard. Brandon Walker's sitting on the end of the panel. He goes, wait, like, generally, he looked genuinely confused on who it was. And then the people were taking screenshots of the video. There was another person who posted a photo of, like, being two feet away from that same person that was dressed like Connor Stallions, and it looks exactly like Connor Stallions. Like, to the point where, like, I checked several photos, watched the video several times, and I'm, like, 70-30, that was actually Connor Stallions. Now, if it was, that would be hilarious. But I just thought maybe you look into it and go find – Maybe if I find it before you or find the one I'm looking for, there's a thread or whatever. And someone literally was like at a tailgate or around that vicinity. And they were like, from me to like my TV in this basement where they took a picture and like, it looked just like him. So I don't know. I thought it was hilarious that, uh, that it got like uh, Twitter <coughs> kind of in a tizzy. Cause I was actually talking to uh, Zach who's in our fantasy league and who I work with. And I was like, you know, Connor Stallions has done a phenomenal job at like just disappearing off the face of the earth. He dropped, yeah. he he dropped a, a message through his attorney or whatever when he resigned, and everything like that. But like, I I mean, he, he is like Osama bin Laden. He's he just completely disappeared. No one could find him. So that same guy you're talking about was in Dave Portnoy's pizza review today. Yes, that he dropped. Yes. So, yeah, I don't – the whole thing's laughable to me. Yeah. But I swear to you, if Dave Portnoy somehow hired Connor Stallions to be this troll, yeah, that's the funniest shit ever. So, yeah. So, yeah, that, the pizza review kind of like – if you were trying to believe it was him, kind of brings down the credibility or whatever. But I'm telling you, the, if I find the photo, I'll send it to you. I mean, if, it, if it's not him, they did a phenomenal job of finding a doppelganger. So, I, I just thought it was funny and thought I'd uh, – <clears throat> thought I would uh, chit-chat with you. But again, I, I guess before I go, again, sorry, not sorry. I kind of got on my Facebook rants, and I was I was insufferable like Dave Pornoy is. You know, he obviously, you know, goes out of his way to be arrogant as absolutely possible to piss people off. And, uh, you know, that wasn't my intention. I was just, listen, like, that was just all the pent-up energy. Um, 
but I do have a uh, Barstool hoodie that's coming in the mail tomorrow. It was supposed to be here today, but it's coming tomorrow, and it is the Crying Ryan Carhartt hoodie that Dave was uh, promoting over the weekend. And I didn't realize it was a Carhartt until after I purchased it, so I'm actually really excited or whatever. But, uh, you know, I, I, it was something just I, I had to do it, had to buy it. So I can't wait to rock it. And when it comes here, I'll be I'll be wearing it to uh, the game Saturday. Oh, are you? Oh, hell yeah. That's great. That's great. Well, have a good time. I'm sure we'll talk soon. And uh, next week we'll be talking about uh, Big Ten Championship and who we're playing in the national national semifinals. So uh, we're out. Go Blue. Go Blue. Fuck Ohio. <laughs>